0: Welcome to the Good Stuff Podcast, brought to you by Buy From Creative Agency. My name is Louise, and at Buy From, we pride ourselves in doing good stuff for good people. In this series, we chat to some of those good people to find out what inspirational things they are up to. Hello, Steve, and welcome to the Buy From Podcast. It's lovely to see you. Hi, thank
1: you very much. Lovely to be here.
0: I think we've been uh, trying to arrange this podcast for what feels like forever, but life and the universe Yeah, and everything.
1: yeah I'm pretty sure my clocks are running quicker than everyone else's because the days just seem to disappear.
0: Well, I feel like I've got 2022 whiplash. If I'm, I don't know how on earth <laughs> we're in March, but we're here. Yeah. Um, I'm so excited to talk to you because we first kind of spoke, when was it, like maybe a year ago? Just on Yeah, the just
1: just about a year ago. Yeah. I think Eventually. it
0: was May. And that was a really that was really nice just to find out a bit more about what about what you're doing and what you because your business is relatively new isn't it how long has the hungry guy been going?
1: So it'll be a year in April.
0: <sighs> Congratulations. So
1: we've almost made it through a year and my head's above water. Yeah just
0: <laughs> well that is really exciting. So for those who um don't know anything about kind of you and what you do do you can you give us that kind of dreaded elevator pitch but just give us an overview about what it is that you do yeah absolutely
1: yeah so so um I've sort of set up my business in around being a sort of all-encompassing food business really in around Shropshire um the main focus of it at the moment's been on a personal chefing level and a private chefing level so catering for various private dining events at people's houses corporate events things like that um and really kind of trying to push on with uh, the great local produce we've got in Shropshire. I'm trying to highlight that a little bit and, and tie in a few interests I've got in around sort of the environment and um, the state of the food industry and things. Um, I've got some experience from both chefing and also in food manufacturing. So, kind of trying to tie everything together into this mega job that I'm gonna love doing, really.
0: No, it's really exciting. I was interested in the background because that there's that those two sides of your experience kind of really come into play, isn't it? So from kind of supply chain and manufacturing and where food comes from and what happens to it through to your love of food and the chefing side of it. That kind of presents quite a unique kind of knowledge base, I would, you know, I would suggest in terms of what you're doing.
1: Yeah, definitely. It, it's um the food manufacturing world really kind of opened my eyes into obviously large-scale manufacturing and, and how it works, how it operates, and the pros and cons of it, really. Um, and there are, you know, an equal stack of pros and cons to, to what you do in the food industry. And really, that kind of product design um, focus I went through in the manufacturing really honed my style of cooking at the same time. So I feel like I've managed to amalgamate the two quite nicely into a into a kind of package. You know, w- when you work in in food manufacturing for the retailers, you are looking at the almost a global scale of what people are eating what people want to eat and what people are buying so it really gives you an insight into into food trends into the kind of things people are interested in um and really from that i've sort of taken out the negative side and the environmental impacts of the manufacturing and you can kind of start to tie together what people want to see and how can you help them get there with lessening that impact
0: That's really interesting. And I think it's so important for now, isn't it? Because people, I think there's, there's definitely a big, you know, emotional push to have, have a greater understanding of the environmental impact and and how we can make a difference. But for a lot of people, it's the knowledge base that comes with that, isn't it? And that fear of, you know, how, how to make it happen and we feel safe in what we know and kind of what, You've been on a bit of a journey that with that anyway, isn't it? Because you and Saskia were on TV on that.
1: Yes, we were, yeah.
0: Um, I don't know if anyone saw that. What's the name of the programme you were on? Uh,
1: it was called Shot Well for the Planet. And so um, we had sort of the, the BBC basically came in and, and turned our lives upside down really and, and changed everything on our house into an eco level. So it went from food through to the car, through to cleaning products and bathroom products and everything. And so we sort of spent a, a few weeks um, trying to live as environmentally friendly as we could and try to reduce our carbon footprint as far as
0: we could. And did that, has that kind of created a bit of a legacy for you as a family and for you as a business owner as well?
1: Yeah, definitely. hundred percent. I mean, you know, some, some of the facts and figures, I think I've definitely been um, guilty of blinding myself from them a little bit. You know, it's a bit like I say to people, it's a bit like when you check your bank statement a week before payday, you just don't do it because you don't want the bad news. You'd rather find out the till that your card's not going to go through than, than go and find out you've only got 40p left. You know, it's, it's a bit like that. You don't look at the bad news, so you sort of avoid it. And you think, well, I'm OK. You know, I'm doing yeah. all right wrong I do. And it's only when you get someone come in and show you the numbers, the facts and the figures. And, and it's, it's really quite daunting. Um, and it's really quite scary. Um, and so it kind of really kick-started us. We certainly didn't take on everything they, they gave us. But it's, it's definitely, it's made us question ourselves more and more often, which I think is the important place to start. You know, do you need this? Do you need to buy it from here? Do you need to do that? And as soon as you start those sorts of questions, you naturally start trying to find better answers for them.
0: Do you, do you think that, because you guys are based in Shrewsbury, do you think that if you've kind of noticed changes in the kind of Shrewsbury um, kind of food and drink scene, um, that there is a there is a general push towards the trend of kind of sustainability, kind of local supply chain, um, you know, that actually it's becoming easier for people to make the right choices in in that town, particularly.
1: Yeah, I think it is. I think we're very, very fortunate in Shrewsbury and we're very, very fortunate in Shropshire to have so many local producers have such amazing produce. It's a bit of a cliche in the food industry that it's what everyone talks about and everyone plugs these things around locality and but it's it's hard to know exactly how local that is yeah um, and and manufacturing as in general and production in general kind of you know you, you have these small manufacturers that, that want to grow because they need to to make money to live off but the bigger you grow the harder it becomes to remain sustainable and fit into that process so, so you've kind of got a constant contra- contradiction. Around what you're doing, and I think that's the the hardest thing to kind of unpiece. Um, and then you put on top of that the the convenience factor, which is that everyone's got busy lives, and not everyone can afford to go to local farms regularly to, to buy what they need. They need to go to a one stop shop, which is often the supermarket, to go and buy their fruit and veg that's been halfway around the world, repackaged and sent.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It's so that's um it's a really interesting point, isn't it? Because I think you know there is still so much that can be done to help people make the right choices and to help people support the local economy and to understand the impact i mean we were, there was um that interesting kind of conversation i mean cuz i would say that we're flexitarian try and do everything in everything in proportion um, in our household locally sourced beef and cheese would seem yeah. like a bit of a kind of crazy argument isn't it and there's i think there's that there's a there's bandwagons that people can jump on and and like it's you talk about yourself as a food educator as well and that being a really important part of what you what you do could you tell us a little bit more about that side of the business and the importance of food education and and kind of what how you how you intend to kind of grow that
1: yeah I mean I mean I think in for me like the the key demographic that we need to be talking to now are the kids yeah. you know it's the next generation it's um I saw a post online um a while ago that said sort of you shouldn't be trying to make your parents proud you're trying to make your kids proud by moving in the right direction and giving them something to you know to take the baton on and to continue with and that's a really important thing for me um previously I've I've run cookery schools down in London and and it's always been teaching the kids has always been the most enjoyable side of, of what I've done so that for me is a really important message and, and it's really nice that our seven-year-old comes home from school now and we're, we're having discussions around what a flexitarian is so they're having the conversations in school you know um am I a vegetarian well you could be but would you give a bacon no um so you know that's generally- <laughs> <laughs> um, But but it's really important that that those conversations are happening. They they certainly weren't happening when I was at school. No. And so it's definitely heading in the right direction. But I think focusing on that that generation is a really important side of things. So so where I want to go in my business really is to be um, developing some workshops in schools, some interactive fun workshops to, to number one, get kids a bit more familiar with food, but also um, get them to enjoy it get them to enjoy it and get them to make their own decisions around it i think that's a really really important um way to work with kids because well even i don't know i've like been told what to do as SAS would tell you. Um,
0: <laughs>
1: but uh but yeah i think i think i think working towards uh, you know educating the kids in the right way getting them to make the right food choices um and and even you know we we take our kids to the market for an awful lot of the weekends and we let them explore the green grocers, explain to them what things are. So we're trying to get them to grow up in that environment where that's yeah. the normality. Yeah. You know, and it's not, it's not a weekly trip to the supermarket in the car and you go and buy a bootload of stuff, but it's just going to the green grocers, kind of, you know, pick what you need and then have a look at what's available.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Cause food waste is still such a huge problem in this country, isn't it? And it's kind of pretty devastating when you understand, you know, how people are kind of you know the waste that comes from home so is that something I I remember kind of picking up on that from not necessarily from your but certainly from that the show that you were on as well um and it's that changing I suppose changing behavior isn't it I suppose if you do a weekly shop you're much more likely to throw things away yeah yeah
1: it. um and 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 there's even comes around to a little bit of of the, the world's becoming really enthusiastic about food More and more people are cooking, and that's a great thing. It's what it's what we all should be doing. But but people can often become very blinkered in terms of what they're going to cook. So, you know, they'll have a plan of what they want to cook, which is maybe out of a cookbook, but they have to go and buy 15 ingredients to use it, in which case they buy a big bag of kale or spinach or something, and they use it for this one dish, and then they've got a load of it left over. They don't know what to do with it. Because I think a lot of people's attitudes towards food is well, they can follow a recipe, they can cook, but for me, cooking's about creating something out of what you've got. Uh, yeah. And, and I think a lot of people get stuck in a, in, a, in a rut there around what to do with leftovers, what to do with what's in your fridge. And it's a really hard thing to teach because everyone's got a different fridge. Yeah, yeah. I, I've thought numerous times around, around what sort of lessons you can teach around leftovers, around what you've got. But unless you've got someone bringing you your leftovers, say, this is what I've got. what can i do with it yeah yeah yeah. and then you get this 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 bizarre contradiction where i mean it's an example of why i came out the food manufacturing world i I was getting fed up of watching all of this perfectly edible food going in the bin because it wasn't quite square enough it wasn't quite in the packet right and so the supermarkets wouldn't accept it because it didn't hit the quality standards which i understand you need those um but i tried to develop a waste product saying that well we could use all of this stuff And repackage it, market it as a waste product, you know, go down the wonky bed route and all this kind of stuff. And, and, you know, that's a factory manager's dream because if you cut waste out, his money's going up. Um, But in the end, the commercial team sort of killed it because it was a case of, well, once you start using a waste product, you create a demand for waste products and then it's not a waste product anymore. So then what to call it? And, And all of a sudden, you're wrapped up in this red tape when you think, well, all I've got is this pile of edible food that's now going to go in the bin. And you can't do anything with it, you know, and and it's a really, it's a really strange way the world works in that sense. Yeah. It's all bureaucracy and red tape, really.
0: Yeah. So you've got to make, making, you're able to make your, make a difference in your way one, you know, one bit at a time by managing things through your own business and how you communicate and. Yeah. what are the ways in which you've kind of grown your business over the last year? Because it it seems to me that you've achieved such a lot in such a short space of time. And I'm not for one minute doubting that it's been exhausting and and stressful. (laughs) And, you know, uh, and, you (laughs) you know, opening the fridge, you go, oh, God, and you've got two kids and all of that. But, But there's been real energy in, you know, what you've been putting out. And so, you know, what's been kind of probably, I say, the highlights of the journey so far?
1: I mean, for me, um, getting to demo on the stage at, at Shrewsbury Food Festival last year was was a great buzz for me. I've done quite a bit of demoing in the past with my, my history of working in cookery schools and stuff. That's where like my real kind of passion lies. Um, and that's something I want to get more into. And I think as my journey with this food education comes around, I think that's only going to get stronger in terms of that side of what I want to do. Present- presentations, demos you know, that sort of side of it, try and influence and inspire people as we go along. Um, but really, I've had so many like wonderful experiences through this last year. It, 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 I often say to kind of sass my family, sort of it's take, taken me back a bit. Um, and I say to everyone, I haven't really done any marketing. I mean, this is all the power of social media, you know, your class is marketing, but but in the direct sense, really, all I've kind of done is, is try to put my authentic message across in what I've done talk to people be involved with people and and i've just found it amazing how interlinked the the kind of food scene is in structure and how supportive it is and and you know you, you meet someone who introduces you to someone else and you have a conversation with another supplier who is, oh you need to go and talk to this guy he's doing this or or she's doing that and before you know it, you start to build this sort of network in and yeah. around what you're talking about and it's really kind of it's quite comforting to be part of that Yeah, absolutely. Massive highlight for Shropshire that that we've got that.
0: I think that's and I think that's a really a really lovely message for anybody listening as well like Eve I mean I think the food and drink industry is particularly special in Shropshire and it's something that we feel really strongly about and and you you can see how interconnected and supportive all of the producers are and and how you know it's a real sense of championing what's really great about the food and drink scene here but I think on a much broader sense it's that um Being true to yourself and that authenticity and understanding that growth comes from building a community um, and networking and sharing your, your why, you know, sharing your story. And I think it's been really lovely watching how you've kind of done that kind of over the course of the year to build up your business to where it is. So it's really exciting to see you know it develop in that way, and I think there's lots of learnings that other businesses might be you will be able to take from seeing that journey because you haven't had big marketing campaigns or big ad campaigns or leaflet drops. It's yeah. just about talking to people and telling them what you do and showing yeah. them showing them why.
1: Yeah, and and I think and I think the 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 really big thing for me it's that it's that being true to yourself message. And I think it's trying to be authentic. Yeah. And there have been numerous times along along the way where um, um, I've sort of I've sort of maybe done something, I, I've agreed to do something, and then I've got there and realised this isn't quite me. This isn't quite what I wanted. It's not quite the message I went. But that that's an important side of learning when, when you're you know you're starting up a business. Really, you're going to come across these things. Yeah. you on. You know, it's that positive moving average of as long as you're heading in the right direction, you're going to have peaks and troughs. Um, you know and and it's just going along for the ride really and that's half the buzz of of running a small business I think it's just the kind of day-to-day of not really knowing if everything's going to go your way taking a few punts taking a few chances and seeing if they work out or not yeah I've got a great big list of things I'm never doing again <laughs> and i can't wait to do it again
0: <laughs> yeah no absolutely we said it before didn't we is that um not being scared to walk through a door that opens in front of you even if it was the one that you wasn't the one that you planned
1: yeah yeah absolutely and and i think from from those experiences um i think what i've managed to is i've managed to really hone in a style of food as well i've sort of become more authentic in terms of what i'm cooking because when you when you're training through kitchens as a chef, you're always working until you get to the sort of head chef position or owning your own restaurant, Even to a certain degree, there are head chefs that are controlled by the owners of the business as to what food they can do as to what they want to kind of do. So the freedom I've had to explore my own sort of styles of food have also kind of left me now where, where I'm feeling really confident in terms of what I can cook. I've got a vast background in terms of cuisines, techniques, different styles of cooking, where I've worked lessons I've taught all of this sort of stuff and it can lead to you being quite kind of well you have a conversation well, what, what do you want me to cook and they're like well I don't know like, well where do you start you know how you narrow it down yeah I really feel like I've hit a kind of stream of my own style now which is adding to that sort of authenticity of what I'm doing uh, which is in turn building confidence and it sort of just snowballs into into what seems to be becoming a really nice sort of direction I'm heading in.
0: That's so exciting and so great to see and, you know, and and inspiring for others, I've no doubt, given that you are yet to reach your first birthday. Um, And it just shows, you know, that when you know what you when you've got your why, when you've got your reason for, for doing something that ultimately that and resilience are the key things that you need, aren't they? A real yeah. passion, a real understanding of your why, because it will allow you to reach out and communicate with the people who want to hear what you've got to say.
1: Yeah, and I think patience is the other is the other thing. Um, yeah. Just having patience to let things build slowly. Um, and and I'm quite thankful. I've got um, my dad's a, a businessman himself. He's run a few family businesses, and I've got him on the end of the phone. Whenever I'm going a bit quick, he always just goes, no you haven't reached a year yet just slow down let it happen slowly you'll get there and I I think that's an important message for anyone sort of starting up a business really is it it's going to be horrific but you know just take it slowly and you will get there
0: yeah absolutely absolutely well it's been so lovely to talk to you Steve and could you just I'll give a shout out so if anyone wants to find you online what are the various means of them doing so
1: Yeah, so um, if on Instagram, uh, my tagline is underscore The Hungry Guy, um, or on Facebook, I am The Hungry Guy Shropshire, at The Hungry Guy Shropshire, um, or my website is thehungryguy.co.uk, and I'm very excited, but this afternoon, I'm exploring my first ever TikTok. Are you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been putting off and putting it off, but I'm doing it. I'm going in at the deep end, I'm doing it. Right,
0: well, we're going to make sure that we watch that, so good luck.
1: Thank you, thank you.
0: That's brilliant. Well, thanks so much for taking the time to talk to us today, Steve. My pleasure. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening. Make sure you join us next time on the Good Stuff Podcast. For more information about what we get up to here at Buy From, just visit us at www.buy-from.com.